Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Maury Rose, the two time winner, takes the lead from Faulkner. That's the way they finish the first lap. Good morning. It's another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. Today we are joined by Sage Karam driving for Dreyer and Reinbold again this year in the Indy 500. Sage, congrats on making the field. I know it wasn't easy, but are you a little bit more relaxed, uh, you know, midweek right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, <laughs> it wasn't ideal to be going through bumping again and stuff like that. Um, it's funny, Marco texted me. He's, uh, he basically said, I think you have all of us convinced that you just don't try and qualify on the first day and then you just decide that you're ready to go for the second day. Um, but I told him, listen, man, like, I wish, <laughs> I, I wish that was like how it was, but it's not. Like, I, I wish I could make it on the first day and not have to do that the second day. But it's just kind of been the story. Like, he's, you know, people have said, I'm like, Superman of bump day, I guess. Like, I'm just always 31st, but, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and that was kind of the cards we were dealt. Um, I, I, you know, I, like I said, I didn't want to be in that situation, but we were in it and we had to execute. We did a great job of executing that. You know, the team, you know, gave me a good car to be able to go do four laps at a comfortable speed and uh, not have too many worries. So, um, you know, been here before, know what I got to do. Um, just got to execute now. So because, well, probably everybody who's, who's listening to this and 99% of the world doesn't know what's it like go, you know, Sunday morning, you know, you're about to get in the car for bump day. Descri- describe what it's like and, and how you prepare for such a stressful, stressful day. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think the best way I can describe it is to watch, willpower hit the wall and not lift you know I mean like that's how much it means you know knowing that you're only going to have one real shot at it because you're not going to be able to cool the engine down in time um so if anything goes wrong you're kind of you know you're probably not in the race and you know for Will to hit the wall and keep his foot in it and not know if he's about to crash and turn three is pretty pretty gutsy and uh you know, I think that that just shows, you know, like what those four laps mean, you know, that you got to be on it and uh, can't leave anything unturned and everything's got to be perfect. The gearing's got to be perfect. The aerodynamics has to be perfect. Um, you know, if you miss the downforce levels by one degree on the rear wing or whatever, all of a sudden now your car is too loose and, you know, you're falling off a lot in the lap laps three and four if the gear's not right you know you're running out of gear you're too high in the gear 
kills the speed. So you got to nail it. Um, you know, as much as I got to do my job, you know, the engineer's got to do that job and he's got to nail it. So it's like, everybody's got to do their job and, and the stress that comes with that, knowing that I got to perform. Um, but then also like the unknown stress of, you know, do we have the right gear? Do we have the right downforce level? Um, is, is everything going to, going to work? Like, like is, you know, it's like a sensor goes middle of your run or whatever, and it causes you to have to stop. You're screwed, you know? So it's like, you just, I think there's a lot of stress in that with kind of the fear of the unknown of, of what's going to happen over the four laps. Um, like I never really feared, you know, my abilities to go do the four laps. I never feared the team's abilities to be able to give me a car at four laps, but it's like just everything else. Um, and then just obviously the stress with not being able to make the race is, you know, to do one race a year and it'd be the biggest race of the year. And then if you don't make it, you know, that would hurt, you know, and with a new sponsor on board with AES, um, you know, that could be a, a great partnership down the road. Um, one that we hope to grow and, um, that would not be a great start, you know, for the relationship <laughs> if, you, if you don't make the race, you know? So, um, I'm happy that I got them in the, got them in the show. Hopefully I can put on a show now from the back. Um, we've done it plenty of times. We know what we got to do. So, um, and you know, like I've been saying all month, I, I'm really comfortable and confident in race trim. I just don't really know how, like why in, uh, translate that over to the qual it was it was weird i i thought i was that to, to be honest thursday before fast friday i i thought i had a legitimate shot at being in the fast nine so that's how fast stuff changes <laughs> yeah the car yeah. good all all week and in, in practice and then obviously there was a number of guys that looked kind of like once once fast friday came everything seemed to change so you know, you, you spoke of your sponsor in AES and, and, you know, we've kind of heard, oh, maybe uh dry and run might be doing a few more races at some point. Is it your hope to do more races this year or kind of look out towards next year with, with them as a, as a sponsor? Um, I would think uh, probably not this year, just because, you know, I think COVID was, was hard on, on the team. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously, I think that the opportunity came about and it was the right opportunity with the team and, you know, financially and 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 what have you. Um, I think they, they would be open to running races this year. I just don't really see it in the cards right now. I, I, I see it more for either next year or trying to start fresh in 2023 when it's more of a level playing field, when everyone's kind of learning the new engine and, and stuff like that. And. And that's kind of right up AES's, you know, lane, them being a global power company, you know, to have a hybrid engine coming in in 23, um, you know, that might be something that is appealing to them. And, and maybe that is something that works to be able to try and come back full time. I mean, I, I don't know. It's all just me talking, but, um, <laughs> you know, obviously I, I think that would be like something we would try to push for um I, I do know the team does want to become full-time like they want to be racing it no team just wants to just be sitting there all year and racing once a year i mean they, they're trying their butts off but it's it, it's tough you know i mean COVID affected a lot of people and unfortunately when you're a small team and you only have a 
you know, you, you have a handful of sponsors, but they're sponsors that have been with you a long time. And then if those sponsors don't have a great time during COVID, it makes life really difficult. I mean, literally a couple months, two months before the race, I didn't even, or two months before the race, I didn't even think I was doing this race. Right. Um, you know, so it was like, it was a roller coaster. I mean, I, I literally just got one of my helmets delivered yesterday for, I mean, that's how late the deal got done this year. Usually I get my deal done in like December or January. And now I was looking at like March when I, we got it done. So it was, it was tough. You know, I, I think they're, they were still wanting to do two cars and, but I mean, with, with how everything happened with COVID, it, it just, they couldn't, you know, so it definitely shows like the, the toll it took. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. Yeah, definitely understand that. And kind of uh, circling back to, to qualifying, I want to get your take. So one of the things IndyCar did was you can't cool down the engine after, after your run. And we saw, you know, there weren't too many bump day qualifying runs because of that. Is that something you would like to see changed? Maybe you could have had a few more chances to, to get back up into the, the top 30, especially on Saturday, or is it, does, does the rule make sense to you? Well, no, Saturday you could, I mean, I, I, I ran again. Yeah. Um, and, and the engine was cool. I just, um, the track just got hotter. So it was, okay. uh, it was just harder to go faster. Um, like we made the balance better, but just because the track was getting hotter, I wasn't able to carry the same mid corner speed. Um, but, um, for the Sunday, yeah, I mean, we had an hour and 15 session, but then, you know, you got to do five cars. So that's like five minutes a run. Um, so you've already blown through 20, 25 minutes of that session before everyone, you know, is done with one or, you know, when everyone's done with one round. Um, and as I'm sitting there, you know, like I was the first car to go. So, you know, you can only naturally cool the engine. It's like, you know, like you're not back at the garage and you don't have big fans on it or whatever and, and cooling it down like that. I mean, it's basically you got your little engine fans out there and you're sitting in the heat. Um, so it's not going to cool down as efficiently. Um, so I'm sitting there and I'm just looking at the engine temperature and the water temp and, and all that. And 
you know, I, I know the range it's got to be in and, you know, it's, it's still pretty far off and that's like 30 minutes after my run. So I, I once they got through the line the first time, I, I, I pretty much knew I was good. Like I didn't think anybody was going to be able to go faster um, just because my engine was sitting there for 30 minutes already and it was still 20 degrees too hot to go full power again so like it was there's no way that all these other guys are going to even be close to be able to do it so like if i were to look at it you know i think you you either do it as a you get one run and you're done or you you make it a you know a full afternoon where you can let people go out and do as many runs as they want or go back to the garage and make changes or properly cool the engine because there was just no way that anybody was going to be able to go faster a second time. Yeah, I, I definitely makes sense. And I, I think I would agree with that one. How long, so you're, you're basically saying to cool down an engine naturally just sitting on pit lane there probably would have taken a solid 45 minutes, give or take a few minutes. I mean, I, so I sat there for over an hour and oh wow so like I was the first car to go yeah the session was an hour and 15 minutes so I had to sit in the car for an hour and 10 minutes and um at the end of that hour and 10 minutes I think my engine was like just in the range of being able to do a run wow so wow okay so like yeah like like just for sitting there and not being in the garage and properly cooling it, like just naturally, I think it would take like an hour or so. Okay. Got it. Well, Sage, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there so you can get some time back in your day. I know you've got plenty of media appearances to do, but best of luck, man. We're, we're, uh, we're rooting for you here and hopefully you can, you can pull off a, a good result starting 31st on Sunday and, uh, look forward to talking again soon, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. No problem. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.